Get your morning started the right way with the AM Caffeine Morning Show. What up, what up, AM Caffeine Show? Hey, yo, Doc, man. Um, what up, Sticks? It's been a minute since we done heard that intro, right? Right. Listen, I don't forgot how the damn intro goes. It's been so long. I, ain't, I forgot that I knew it. Right. AM Caffeine Show, what up? It's your boy, DOC. It's your girl, Marlo J. And DJ Smooth Mellow D. So today, man, you know, it's actually been a minute since we've all been on together. We are, we moved to a new studio, then um, haven't had the opportunity to actually move into the studio because of what's going on in the world with this whole coronavirus and things of that nature. Man. So we on some makeshift shit today. Let me, you can see Marlo got our, Marlo, you got to clean up your apartment too. I can see Bye. all kinds of, yeah, Bye. that ain't how. And we got Bye. a guest. We don't treat guests like that, Marlo J. <laughs> That's not like how we do guests. Listen, what do you see? My 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 dress is okay. Now it's clean. Look yeah, it. now it's clean. <laughs> so today, super Superman special guest. Let me tell you about this guest today. Not only is he uh, been nominated for some Grammys, a multi-platinum artist, and been just acclaimed a, a for so many different things, but it's really special because it's it's an anniversary for him. And they have been in the game this long, but not look like he's been in the game this long. Because, you know, he still look like he's like 19, 20. Uh, he looks samesies. He looks samesies. The one and only multi-platinum artist, songwriter, <laughs> Carl Thomas is in the building today, man. Whoop, whoop. Wagwan. Yes, Wagwan. <laughs> uh, what's up, Carl? Man, I haven't seen Carl man, since. Man, how you um, doing? We got to hang out Grammy weekend. We went to a club, yeah. right, Carl? Yeah, we got we got a chance to hang out hang out after the ceremony. That's right. <laughs> yeah, um, I was actually uh, out there. I was actually uh, out there um, doing Clive's Grammy party, Clive Davis's yeah. Grammy party. Oh. Yeah, and how was that? Like, get invited there. Exactly. Trying to get in the class party, that's like trying to get into the White House, ain't it? It's like there's no uh, joke. No, it's not that hard. It's not oh, it's that. not. Well, I, I mean, for you. Uh, for you, you. right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll be at the door and they'd be like, excuse me, can you step aside? Thanks. Uh, no, that's, that's not that hard. Um, A lot of good people, but it was fun. Right. So, Carl, man, 20 years since your first debut album, right? Emotional. Uh, yeah, Does it man. Feel that long? Does it feel like a um, years? I mean, it definitely feels like a different me. You know, uh, a different me. Um, um, I, I look back on, you know, who that guy was, and and uh, you know, a lot of the content that was going on in my life at that time. You know, I can I can look back on it now and laugh. Right. You know, like I mean, because you know, you know the the uh, dynamic between men and women. You know, no woman, you know, likes a complaining man. You know, no woman, no more. You know, no woman likes that. But you know, with my with the with the emotional album, yeah, you know, I found a poetic way to complain and get my gripes off. And, and still have the women accept my complaints. You know, right. Without, you, wrote, you, know. you wrote most of the album? Or all of the album? Uh, a good, no, no, no. I had co-writers, but a good, uh, the majority portion of the album was written by by my own pen, you know. Um, so I was able to, because of that, I was able to, you know, use my own paintbrush and marry what my vision, what my vision was, you know, with Puff's vision, you know, that album, that album was special because it was Puff's vision married with my vision with Harv Pierre's guidance, you nice. know, and um, just doing it that way, you know, at, in the beginning, it was so experimental. It was just like, yeah, you know, you know, whatever, let's just try it. You know, record this record or that record or that record. But um it it we recorded a lot of records for that album that didn't make it, that didn't make the emotional album. One day 
I'm, I'm gonna. You're gonna you know, have to release some of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some that. of those records. That. Some of those records, uh, very, very, real interesting, man. Interesting. Um, it's not like those records. It's not like those records weren't good enough, you know. But uh, just kind of, you know, you you can't. You can only have so many records on an album. I think that album had about 17 joints on there. Right. And you know, we recorded maybe. 50, 55 records. 55? Wow. Jeez. Maybe, maybe so, about that much. Were you not tired of singing? Oh my God. Nah. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. So, Carl, let Wait, wait, Doc, I have a question. Go ahead. I, I, I've been wanting to ask you this forever. Where, What was happening in your life when you wrote the, the song Emotional? Well, emotional was written by myself, Mario Winans, and Kenny Hickson. You know, okay, so who, and who and did it the was. Huh? Did you did were the ad libs written, or was did you just do the ad libs? No, the ad libs is something you freestyle. You They're ad libs. Favorite part of that song is "Look at me, I can't stop crying." Uh, no, yeah, that was, that was written maybe. That was written maybe maybe two seconds before I said it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Where were you? Where, where were you mentally when you when you were writing when you wrote that song? Um, I'm um, you know, I just wanted to make a definitive piece of work that was just accepted on all frequency, and I really paid attention to the frequency on that album. I said, okay, I'm a soul music artist. I make soul music. How do I make soul music palatable for all frequencies? Because we don't all hear music in the same frequency. Right. So I knew that there were certain records that, yeah, this is undeniable black music, but this is a frequency that everybody can get with. Right. You know what I mean? So, that yeah, that's what my head was. I played um, that. Go ahead, Marlo. The what other day, Marlo? Like, literally last week, I played that in my job. We had a, a battle of the playlist, and we had 10 songs we could play. I started with Emotional, and I ended with Summer Rain. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Just to put a button on it. Right. So... Carl, take me back to so being from Chicago, making your way to New York. When you when you got to New York for the first time from Chicago, what was your plan uh, on becoming an artist? Like, did you know? Well, I mean, there? what was your move? Well, when I first got to New York, you gotta understand, I was sixteen, turning seventeen. You know what I mean, and. Um, I was just happy that I could wear any color that I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah, I was Say no more. That, Say no uh, more. Yeah, it, it was it was a new experience for me because I hadn't experienced a culture where you could wear your baseball cap to any to any side you want to without being stepped to a question. You could wear whatever color t shirt. Or whatever color, you know, sneakers you had on without anybody, you know, bothering you or saying anything to you. You know, I lost my mind when I got the book. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, it was freedom. Right. It was a freedom that you didn't have, you know, in Illinois. You know, you know where I'm from, you got the freedom to get your ass shot. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's, That's what free. you got. That's, that's what you, yeah, that's three. <laughs> take that, take that. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> so when, wait, you, at 16, 17, you were going, you moved to New York? So, like, did you know someone there? Did you move with a family? Oh, yeah, or? yeah. Uh, um, Troy Taylor, you know, I started out with him. Uh, Troy Taylor and the characters. And the characters. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Charles Troy Farrar. had a, absolutely. And Chuck, man, Chuck Groovy, that's my man. That's my man. Um, you know what I'm saying? Well, um, they had a publishing situation, and um, it wasn't a big situation, but it was a foot in the door. Right. 
you know, it was an opportunity to write some records and get some placements and what have you. So we just started literally on that grind level. And, you know, Troy walked me through the process of, okay, you got this gift, but let me show you what it means to be an artist. Right. You know what I mean? So, so, so he took it upon himself to help me marry what I was gifted at with the actual being, right. you know what I mean? With the actual being, with the actual artistic becoming, you know what I'm saying? Cause I didn't really know what that was. Right. I didn't really know, you know, what it was that I was selling. Um, more I, I so don't know than, what it is now. Can you, can you tell me what it is? Artistic? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, well, I'm, I like to believe that I sell free ideas, you know, about relationships. Um, when I use the word dimension, I simply mean angle. Mm-hmm. That's all I mean when I, when I use that word. Gotcha. So I wanted to give, I just wanted to add a different dimension, you know, just a different way of looking at it. Um, I don't think that as, as far as, you know, the whole man, woman relation thing goes, I don't think that we give credence to all of the reflections of ourselves, you know? So, um, emotional for me was to grant a reflection of how dudes get down for real, you know what I mean? Just, you know, cause, cause me, you know, I've, I've been on all sides of the spectrum. You know, I've been the dog, you know, just dogging women out. I've been dogged by women. And, you know, I understand all perspectives, all sides of it. Right. Um, I understand what it means to be extremely selfish and just, you know, running running over your partner and then i understand what it means to be extremely empathetic mm-hmm. and to take on what it is that they're feeling mm-hmm. you know so i just try to just try to add a different dimension <clears throat> to it all you know and that's how i look at that's how i look at other artists <clears throat> um i used to kind of look at it as a you know competition thing but in a fun way, in a sort of a fun way, you know. But um, the more I got into what it actually is that I was doing, the more I started to look at other artists differently. And it made it easier for me to use that word dimension with their music, okay? So when an artist came out, I said to myself, well, let me see what dimension that they put me in, you know. Uh, this album, that album, you know, it's all about, it's all about for me where it takes me mentally. Mm. You know what I mean? So that's what I consider myself doing. And that's what I'm selling. That's what I'm giving away. Right. You know, Um, that free, that free perspective or reflection. Was, so when you were writing with Troy and the characters, was your idea the whole time to become an artist or did you develop well, into that as they helped you with your Well, yeah, writing? it just developed into that. I don't think that, you know, I think that their, their perspective on it all was for me not to be one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was like, yo, let me show you, let me give you an example of everything that you can be, you know, or, or the different avenues that are all under the auspices of the entertainment business that you can make money from. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So um, I never really, I never forgot that. You know, I I never forgot that. Especially times like this, you know what I mean? Where the live performances have been pretty much, you know, next out of the picture. You know, I have a lot of my artist friends calling me right now for ideas of trying to make money outside of the box. Right, right. Well, you should have listened to me before, you know, I'm strong. <laughs> Cheapers. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> Jeepers. <laughs> Jeepers. Jeepers. Carl, when, when did you realize that, you know what, I'm a dope artist, like aside from like, I can compete with the well, for other me artists. Is, for me, I had to learn that a record deal does not make me an artist. Exactly. I had to learn that. And how I learned that was, you know, before I signed the Bad Boy, you know, I was on a couple of other labels that I got dropped from. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, when I was actually singing uh, with a group before I went solo. And in those experiences of being dropped, because I think that that's something that every artist needs to know what it feels like, you know, to get that pink slip, like, hey, yo, look, we're no longer in need of your services. You know, <laughs> it's like... Like, what? what I do? What I did? <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it puts things in perspective. You know, uh, I don't care how talented you think you are. If what you're doing doesn't really doesn't really fit the vision, that's why when you're doing business, when you're doing business in the music business, in the music business, you want to always marry what you're doing, marry your vision with somebody else. Mm -hmm. Or you always want to make your vision clear. You know what I mean? What it is that you want to accomplish. You always want to make those things extremely clairvoyant, man. You know what I'm saying? Right. What because that for, translates oh, into sorry. longevity. Go ahead, Marlo. When you moved to New York, did you come as a songwriter or did you come as an artist? I came as a bum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I came like, with a suitcase. I, I came like with a that. suitcase. I came with a suitcase and just showed up at my homeboy's doorstep, like, yo, I'm, I'm here. here. What's going on? So when right. did you realize that you were, that you could write or that I'm well, I mean, I was always you know, I always considered myself to be able to put words together. I don't know if you call it a you know, whatever. But, you know, I was always um, linguistically gifted, shall we say. Right. <laughs> oh, linguistically. Okay. Now, I want to jump back. I want to jump back real quick to what you were saying about um, coming out, like when you got to New York, did you, did you just hit the ground running in terms of, I mean, did you have any connects or you just literally got out there? It's like, well, I mean, no, no, I mean, my, I, I came there, you know, Troy was my connect and they had a, they had a small publishing deal, uh, uh, with a gentleman by the name of Bob Cavino, uh, that passed away, rest in peace. Um, that really got the ball rolling as far as, you know, the team getting placements. And then after that, we went to Chrysalis music which was primarily known for country and Western, but the characters were actually the first, um, the first uh, black music that they had in the building. Right. You know what so, I mean? So, so you know, uh, it was uh, Tom Sturges at the time um, who was over Chrysalis. And because they didn't really know that much about, you know, working black music, um, they hired LaRonda Sutton. LaRonda, right. Yeah, they hired LaRonda Sutton just to work, you know, just to work our music. Right, right. And then and then from there, you know, came the relationship with Timmy Regisford at Motown. And then from that relationship blossomed the relationship with Gerald Busby. Right. And yeah, and then, you know, the train just kept rolling, man. You know, <laughs> and what you were saying a little bit ago about artists and that experience of being rejected and having to, you know, have that experience. Do you think the artists of today miss out on that? Because no, not at all. Not at all. I don't think that I, I don't think that they um, I'm really proud of the way that they uh, the, their mentality. These artists, you know, they really have the mentality. They really get it, you know. Like one monkey don't stop no show. These artists today, they get what we were trying to really get. You know, um, if you like, I don't know how many rappers that we've seen come out with one team and that shit don't work out. And then next thing you know, 
you know, they're successful with a whole nother group of individuals. Correct. You know what I mean? Or a whole nother company or a whole nother, you know, outlook or a whole nother crop of fans or whatnot. You know, they just keep shooting. The internet makes it to where you can shoot as many bullets as you got, as right. you, you know, as you want right. to, rather. Right. Um, <clears throat> what was your first impression of Puffy, the first time you met Puffy, what was your impression? Uh, my first impression of Puff uh, was I, I thought that his poker face was funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was my first impression of Puff. Like, when we, I looked at him, like, okay, all right. Here's a cat that clearly does not want other people to know what he is thinking. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. So did, was that like when you? When but you it's cool for him because that—that's just his style, you know. His that—that—that's that's, that's uh, one of the main main components, you know. The puff is that he doesn't want anybody to know what he's thinking until he says it. You right. Know? <laughs> so, was, so was that like the first time he heard you sing? Was he like poker face and you didn't? Oh know? no! I mean, I, I just think that's something that comes natural for Scorpios. That poker face, I think that that's just natural. You know what I mean? Got two yeah. of them in the building. Yeah, I just think Scorpios <laughs> just they yeah, yeah. Scorpios just Robert do that Moore. naturally, right? You know what I mean? It's just they don't really mean it. It's just <laughs> right, right. <laughs> what you know what? what I mean? Were there some? So after you meet Puff, were there some other labels that you were interested in, or you did you know like, hey, I'm gonna go with Bad Boy, or what? Were there well, some it wasn't options like that, you that. It was like it was like when I met Puff, you know, I was literally on stage doing my thing, and you know, we exchanged numbers and we began. Uh, I, I began to come into the studio and we just began to work together, man. Uh, out of us working together, it, it, the whole thing became, you know, it, the, the, the deal sort of developed out of that, you know, um, I don't, you know, I don't think that, I think it really, I think it was really frustrating, you know, cause I don't think he was ever used to negotiating with anybody for that long. I think we negotiated for about a year. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> You were like, no, I want all my coins. But, <laughs> but, but it just, but it worked out for it worked out for the best. You know what I mean? It definitely did. Um, you were ahead, actually Marla. part of. Thank you. You were actually part of this like this golden era, like the golden era of music, and in New York, which was like the mecca at that time. Um, is there any artist that? was either on Bad Boy or around during that time that you thought were so dope, but they that it but it just they just didn't work. That we just they just fell off the face of the planet or they just didn't get as successful as you thought maybe they should have. Um I always felt like I always felt like intro should have been bigger. Mm. Intro was dope though. Yeah, intro I always felt dope. like intro, you know what I mean? Um, you know, they should have been way bigger. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. They were pretty big. They were a gold-selling group. But, you know, that music, intro, intro, that album was so important for turning the corner in R&B. Absolutely. You know what I mean? What Kenny was doing, what Kenny Green was doing was, I don't know. Kenny just seems like like Kenny just kind of saw the future, you know, when it came to when it came to writing music and when it came to that R and B expression. You know, he saw what it was going to be, uh, where artists was where, where artists would try and take it. You know what I mean? So, as far as black albums, I don't care if it's rap. R&B, gospel, blues, whatever it is, I would definitely count that intro album as one of the 20 
most important black albums ever. Wow. You know what I mean? So I always felt like in that era, you know what I mean, they should have been bigger because they laid the groundwork for, for artists that took their template and were a lot bigger than they were. Right, you know? right. Yeah. Um, good question, Marlo. Um, do you tour with any of the, any of the people that you um, came up with, or do you see them? Uh, I, I mean, uh, I mean, it's always fun to tour with your friends. You know, to be on the, on the road with people that um, you know you consider your musical peers. I love uh, performing with with you know. I get along with everybody. You know, there's not really. There's maybe a couple of you know. You know, a couple of chumps. You know, <laughs> out there. Jive turkeys. Suck ass, suck ass. You know what I'm saying? Suck ass, nice. Um, <laughs> so with the, nah, but, now, Marlo, do you have something else, Marlo? Did you say something? No, he was finishing his thoughts. Oh no, yeah, I, I, I get, I get along with everybody. So, you know, I've been out there with everybody. You know. Um. I Wish, which is to me just one of those songs that right when you hear the, the, the piano, it almost feels like, you know, when you hear Poison, like as soon as the beat kicks in on Poison, you know exactly what that is. Mm -hmm. I Wish, as soon as you hear those chords, you know just what that song is. And it's yeah. just so important for, I just think. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I feel the same way when I listen to TLC Waterfall. Right. I hear the beginning of that record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel Who's the same way whenever I hear that. Exactly. That, so I wish yeah. has that same feel and it just puts yeah. you in this kind of mood when it comes on. Good group to be a part of. When you first heard it, and shout out to Mike City, who may be calling in as well. When you first heard the song, where were you and what was your thought the very first time you heard it? Um, I mean, it wasn't a, it was, I wish it was some, somewhat of a no-brainer because I, I had pretty much explained the situation, you know, that that I was going through as far as, you know, previous relationships and what have you. And that song was the result of that, you know. So I didn't have, you know what's crazy is like, you know how you, you, you take certain songs to the label, right? And you got to get that approval. That approval. Yeah, yeah, you got to get them to be like, ah, but when, when I brought that record in, it was like hands down no brainer because initially emotional was going to be the first single right you know what i mean and um you know Wait, how much say did you have in that did you have a lot of say in regards to what you what single you felt you wanted to be first or was that all yeah definitely the way see the way puff is is that you know he makes decisions that he he'll do a certain amount of convincing, but he wants you to be motivated about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I never really looked at it. I was never made to feel like my situation was just being so controlled or micromanaged. You know, Puff's whole approach was all right i'll put a bunch of artists in this situation and then y'all show me what y'all are made of right right you know what i mean it was a lot of artists that didn't come out on bad boy Fight Club. <laughs> creatively yes right creatively so. yes yes <laughs> creatively absolutely yeah yeah that's, wow. that's a good analogy so you get so you get i wish um and i think Tuffy had a lot to do with that. Tuffy had a lot to do with that as well, right? Tuffy Morgan from initially from Well, yeah, Tuffy introduced, actually introduced Mike City. Okay. You know, it actually introduced Mike City. Uh, it was actually Hakeem 
Green. Green from the other yeah, member. Of it was actually Hakeem that actually called me. You know what I mean? And and made you know the introduction or what have you, and just right know, started started jogging me with some of the music and what have you. Because I mean, I knew who I was familiar with some of Mike's records. You know, just from the crew he was rolling with, we all knew each other. Right, right. You know what I'm saying right. Mark Spark and, and Mark all these Mark guys, all these Sparks. That's my yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, and all these cats, Sparks. you know. Yeah. They were putting out a lot of good content, man. A lot of good content. So I didn't have any problems at all with that record, you know, anchoring the project. Right. You know what I mean? And being in the first single and whatever, you know. Did so you? um so, you know, um, I I put a lot of energy into, you know, try to, I put a lot of energy in trying to give fans exactly what it is that, you know, they asked for, for me as a performer. But, you know, a lot of things I'd never get an opportunity to put out there. So I'm going to actually do a performance tomorrow night. Uh, on my IG live of nothing oh. but B sides. Oh. You know what I mean? Nothing but the nothing but the B sides. The records that you don't never, you know, get 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 an opportunity to hear me do. I'm gonna do them some of those records. Right. So Wait, you I know. Have three questions, but it's they they kind of go together. One, do you remember the first song you ever wrote, and did that ever come of anything? Oh yeah, yeah, it was real big on, on the refrigerator at home. <laughs> real big. Refrigerator, that was look, the refrigerator at home, that was the first that was my first experience with the charts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Was, my first song my first song was called Stars, Cars and Candy Bars. Right. You know what I'm saying? Stars, cars and, I, and candy bars. Yeah, my mom put it up on the refrigerator, you know what I'm saying? Do you remember so how I like, remember the melody? That was like, yeah, 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 but I'm absolutely not going to do any of that for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah, you know, that was that was my first hit record right there. Stars, Cars, and Candy Bars hit the top of the charts. I love that. Top of the, top of the refrigerator charts, you know what I'm saying? That's effing great. Okay, two, do you, um, do you remember where you were when you first heard your song on the radio? Mm. First couple of times it came on the radio, I turned the station. Why? Uh, like when I first heard it, I said, oh, oh. <laughs> like I freaked out and just turned it off. Why? And then it's like, yo, you on the radio, yo. And I wouldn't come. I wouldn't come into the room. <laughs> oh, are you like Al Pacino? You don't want to watch yourself perform? <laughs> yeah, I, I never, I, I, I never, like, I never listened to my own music. Really? You know what I mean? Yeah, I never listened to my own music. You know, or I record it. Once it's recorded, it's a performance piece. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when it becomes a performance piece, you live in the music, so. You never at home just listening to your own joint, like. R. Kelly what is did. that? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you know, R. Kelly, R. Kelly has a has his his own dimension, you know. Yeah, his own dimension. Yeah, he operates he operates in a in a different realm, you know. Right. <laughs> okay. And and, I, and, I, and and that's okay. That's okay. That's okay for him, but not okay for our children. But three, oh no, not at all. <laughs> and and three, do you remember where you were, or if you if, if someone told you that Jay Z was going to quote your song in his song? Oh no, no, it was he just he just called me up one day on the phone. You know, oh, it was oh. it was just it was really simple. It wasn't anything complicated he called yeah. me up one day and basically was like yo you know this is and i was like yeah you know whatever you know yeah what are you gonna say you gonna say no to jigger like yeah go ahead I mean, and do that I mean, it's not even it's, it's, it's not even a 
Man, you know, <laughs> it's honorable mention. That's cool. Right. You know what I mean? That, that, that's cool. I mean, I didn't really, you know, look at it like that. I, it's, you know, it's, things like that are flattering. You know what I mean? Right. Very flattering, you know, for someone to, you know, think of your body of work in that manner, you know. Absolutely. Because so, I, I yeah. know that to this day, the DJ will, in the middle of that song, he'll break away and play your song and then right. come and come back. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It was, it was, you know, it's real cool. It's real cool to be thought of in that manner, you know, but you got to stay focused uh, uh, on what it is that you're doing, that you're doing there. You know, a lot of people, you know, they develop marble, you know, um, at this game when they really not meant to be in it. You know, they they get they they, but when you really meant to be here and you really meant to do what you're doing, you know, just things like that just really feel natural. You know, they just feel like, like when I was a kid, like I didn't watch television in the same manner that my brothers and sisters watched TV. You know, they saw it as, you know, they marveled at the artist that they saw on Soul Train and American Bandstand and all of that. And me, I was impressed, but I looked at it as, I can do that, you know? Right. Yeah, you know, I, I, <laughs> yeah, you know, I can do that. I looked at it, I looked at it, as, I looked at it <laughs> as something tangible, you know? Yeah, something tangible that I could actually reach out and touch. Right. So I never really struggled like other artists struggled because struggling was always a point of perspective. You know, the way I looked at it is everything I was going through was preparation. You know what I mean? For that big step. Right. Um, AM Caffeine Show, my man Mike City just joined us. Mike City. Mike City. Uh, produced I Wish. What's up, Mike City? Welcome to the AM Caffeine Show. Um, again. Yo, what's good? Mike isn't a Mike isn't a friend. He's family. He's been on the AM Caffeine Show uh, in the past. Early we, too. Yeah, we go back many, many years. Well, um, this is my first and, time seeing him since I've been here. Oh, okay. Well, Hello, there it is. City. Hi, Marlo. Hello, Marlo. How are you? Um, so city i felt you know we felt that it was just it was appropriate for you to come on because you know this is the 20th anniversary of um this iconic album and and your contribution and and what you what you brought to the table for this album is so huge and we were just talking to carl just about the first time that you know he had the opportunity to hear the song and and he knew it was special and knew it would help be the anchor to to push this song what what drove you, like, what was your inspiration behind just doing that record, behind writing it? Like, how did that come to you? It's a real story, man. First of all, the album came out 20 years ago, man. It's incredible, man. I just, Carl let me sneak on that album. You know, I was, cause I was, it was, I snuck on the album at the very end. <laughs> how do you say snuck? How do you snuck? No, the, how do you sneak on the album? Yeah, cause I told him. The album was done. I told him that emotional was 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 set to be the first single. Yeah, like he had enough yeah. records for the album for sure. Yeah, like I like yeah, it's a lot of. <laughs> I literally snuck. I I snuck on an album, and, and yeah, like it, it and so a lot of records. Yeah, so he had did a lot of recording. So I snuck on the album. So while we was getting that done, it's crazy because. Basically, in the I Wish session, he got You Ain't Right done, right? He was like, he was like, I had the other joint. He was like, man, we're going to do that right now. We're going to just do it right now in this session. And we're, I don't know where he's at. Electric Lady somewhere, he was like, yo, we're going to just do this right and now. And look, we only got, we on the only beef we got, the only beef we got from Puff was y'all ain't got no bridge on this record. And right, so we, we had to go a make a bridge. It, yep. Yeah, one, yeah, and once we put the bridge on it, it was an absolute go. Yeah. Like, Pump didn't even say nothing. He just he just put the thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, man. He was like, let's let's go, man. So it was like, 
you know, I snuck on the album, but it's like he let me get two because he was like, we got done. We started, I think we started I Wish at Sound on Sound. Then we went to um, Electric Lady and Hit Factory. Some, some type of way we was mixing up. Nah, those two I think I, I, nah because uh, I Wish was, I Wish was Electric Lady in the Sea Room. But we started and, at Sound on Sound, remember? Because you did the backgrounds one night late. Like right, 3 o'clock in the morning. Right, I was like, yo, right, you really like, about to sing? You was like, like hell around, yeah, I'm about to like sing. Yeah, I usually, <laughs> I usually don't sing that late. And you I was like, I'm getting up singing at night. You was like, yeah, we're going to do the backgrounds tonight. Let's go. Like, like 1 in the morning or something yep. like that. But I remember. It was the middle of the night, yep. yeah. So yeah. by that, by the time we got our wish done, we had time left over. And he was like, man, we doing that. You ain't right. So he told the engineer, he's like, pull this up. So we was able to get that done. And he's right. Puff was like, man, we need a bridge. We knocked the bridge out. And that was it. It's it's really hard to believe. It's been 20 years, man. It's like, it's crazy, man, because I remember the release party in New York. I looked across like, yo, this joint is really going to go crazy. When you look over and you see, you see like LL, Nas, and Noriega, and all these rappers singing I Wish Word for Word. And um, I was there. Yeah, it was crazy. And, and God bless the dead. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right, Marlo. You were there. <laughs> that's I right. Was. You were there. Yeah. Rest, in, rest in peace to my old lawyer, Reggie say. So Reggie was standing next to me, and Reggie tapped me. He said, yo, do you know this record? He said, your career is officially starting. He said, trust me, be ready. He said, your career is officially starting. He said, Look over there. He said, you got LL Cool J and Nas and all these people singing the word, word for word. And it, it was just crazy because I knew the rappers liked it anyway because Carl, when, they, when, when Puff had the listening party at um, Daddy's house, I walked out with, um, with Jay-Z and Dane and, J and Jay grabbed me. He said, yo, do you know what that record make me feel like? He said, it's like, <laughs> I feel like I'm back in Brooklyn. He yeah, said, yeah. Jay, Jay was like, Jay was like, I feel like I'm back in Brooklyn on the bus with my mom. <laughs> He's like, uh, like, yo. Yeah. So I'm looking at like, like this is like 90, this is like 99, and Jay's this is like Jay-Z yeah, jump, yeah, jump, yeah. jump off, right? And he was like, yo, that cartel's movement is crazy. So and then um Dame was like, Yeah, 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 that joint is that he said that's Harlem, you know, Jay. Dame was like, that's that's Harlem right there. You you up in Harlem with that one, baby. You know what I'm saying? So we kinda we kind of was yeah, I, I wish what it was I wish I, I considered I wish the last record of the Uptown Sun. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it, because the bad boy sound that, the bad know, boy sound is, is is really an extension of the uptown sound. Right. Yeah, right. because what Pepper right. said Uptown first, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, right. No question. All I, all our lineage is uptown, definitely. I, I've always been uptown annex. That's why Jimmy Love is my man, Andre, and I'm like, I've always been uptown annex anyway. Right. So, so it's like I'm like uptown extended. They'll tell you that too. So, and I'm glad you're on City. Um, so, Carl, you've put out three albums, two on Bad Boy. The third album was on was on Bungalow, which City you did a lot on. Almost you almost did almost that whole album, correct? Uh, on Carl's yeah, but, third album. But the thing about it, the thing about that is, and Carl can go into it further, Carl was really trying to record then just to really like keep his energy in the music business because for, for a while he wasn't even really wanting to mess with it no more. And he could go into it. Yeah. That album, that, that's so much better album. Go ahead, Carl. That album really wasn't going to happen. You know what I mean? That album really wasn't gonna happen because in, in, in what way? Um, well, because you know, I was um I was still really just coming back, you know, from you know, my brother's murder. Uh and I wasn't really focused on being an artist at that time, you know. And it was my conversations with Mike, like, yo, you really need to, you know, get back on this, this bike and start riding again. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so he really came to me, him, uh, Mike, and along with Gerald Busby, you know, they, they came to me with a, with a, 
with a plan and the layout to do the album. And I thought it was a wonderful idea because me and Mike would just be getting records off for nothing anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We'd just be recording records. Yeah, he coming to town to do a show. And, He'd know, be like, y'all would come over do a record. Yeah, we coming over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, real quick, real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you know yeah, like I mean? literally. Like, yeah, like I literally like. We spent a lot of spare time in Sherman Oaks, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, he's like, <laughs> he's like, I got a day off. Let's get in and do a record. And really, yeah. we started just getting joints like that. Like, let's do a so record. So it, it, it only made sense to have a, to, to create a boat, you know, for that music. Right. Um, Daryl Busby is, but I, I just see him as Tank because that's the only thing that I know I hit Tank about that too. I was like, yo, you really looking like Gerald in that movie, dog. With the little fro. So, what, um, what's your process like? Like, for both of you guys, what's your process like for writing? Like, do you just get in the mood and then you start writing, or you think of a subject? Or, and for you with production, like, what's your. You, 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 can, you can have the professional answer, or you can have the real answer. I want the yeah, real answer. Like, just like, Cause the real answer is like, uh, the is there real, really the real a process answer, call? <laughs> then the real answer is, how can we be flyer than them niggas? Yeah, like you know what I'm saying, like. <laughs> so that's the real. That's the yeah, real like, answer. I mean, we, you know, if you, the whole thing nah, is I really sit, nah, I can sit here and say, well, you know, I have my crystals situated in such a manner that. <laughs> The moonlight shines through my rose quartz. <laughs> and I get an inspiration. Right. I get like, an inspiration. I, yeah, I could, I could go through all that, but that's not really how it, how it happens. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, we might we burn both. some incense, but we don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you know, we burn incense, but we don't need it. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so what do you guys think, because City, you were a part of it as well. Why do you think the that album the so much better album uh didn't do better than what it did because again it uh brian b cox was on that record obviously you city jimmy and terry what what do you think it was that it didn't receive more acclaim than than it did well i think it's double but i think me and carl talking about that before too it actually did better than people think we were well, you know early. the album at this at this point that album is almost at a million records. Like, really? Wow. Uh, yeah. Very very quietly, very quietly. Yeah, man. You, you know, we, uh, but, but we were early on an independent. Right. Yeah. We were early. We were really early on. Like we need to do this our way and and try to take control over. You know, the internet wasn't really popping popping then. That's when everybody started coming. I mean, think about it. Drake wasn't even out when we did so much better. He came out like two years later. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, we were, we were early on the, we need to do this in our own hand because we saw, we actually sat there, we was like, we see what's going on. And then to have Gerald Busby really telling you what's going on and everything he basically said was, was going to happen, ended up happen. happening. Right. Because I feel like the first time that I was introduced to Carl's music was on like, a, I think it was like a, it was a promotional CD that Bad Boy put out for like Valentine's Day or something. And it had Yeah, like, he had the sampler. Ah, uh, the sampler. You know what I'm talking about? The sampler would really jumped it off. The and sampler, it was like, because you know what's crazy? Yeah, but, but when that sampler came out, we weren't even still sure what the single was going to be, right, Carl? Yeah, um, that that was still up in the air. You know, yeah, it, was it was still, still up, up in the, in the air. air. The sampler was a, you know, that turned out to be, you know, a real big conversation piece. You know what I'm saying? So it really got, it really helped to get that conversation started. You know, being a tastemaker or being on that tastemaker scene in New York, you know, it's, it's definitely methodology to it, you know. But I'm going to say this, man. During that era, every grown, fly, sexy woman was rocking the emotional album. No question. Right. If you, if you was a grown woman, sexy, smell good, fly, pays your own bills, you fly, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because once again, that album is Uptown Extended. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it 
just the movement. You got Kelly Price and them sitting on it. Just it's 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 all sexy and fly, and it was it was coming to a hold the millennium, and it was like if you was a grown chick. When I say grown, I mean twenty twenty one. It's it's chicks that was fresh out of like colleges. They was rocking with that album, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it was a it was a good time to really come out with an R and B classic album on a hip hop label. Like even though Puff Faith and them came out, you know, in, in 112, but it still was considered a hip hop label. Right, for sure. For sure, you know what I'm saying? But Puff messing around and bucked off an R&B joint, like back to Uptown, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that with the feels and everything. Like, and think about how many singles off the album, and it really could have been more singles. Right, right. Um, so 20 years later, City, um, I think it's again it's a testament of just great music will stand the test of time when you put out great product it doesn't matter how long how many how many years have passed it will always stand up and you can play that album you can play I wish I wish will come on at any party and it will shut it down no matter if the DJ is playing hip hop all night like it's just one of those songs man that's just special and man, listen you couldn't when Stevie Wonder told me he was a fan of stuff. You couldn't tell me nothing. I was like, "It's a rap." I was I was ready to throw my hat up like Bobby Schmurter. I was like, "It's over right now." Stevie <laughs> <laughs> Wonder telling you that the joint is fly. You, you know what I mean? I was like, "Come on, man! Like it doesn't get any Stevie Wonder. Come on, man! Stop playing with me." So, so Carl, through through your journey of it's now 2000, 2020, if you were to have what has been the one highlight out of anything that you've done that stands out in your mind more than anything? Uh, I would say, um, uh, it would have to be uh, Stevie Wonder doing a surprise private concert for my birthday. I think wow. That's I think that would. Yeah, I think that would have to be the the most, you know, the most standout. Wow. And how did that, <laughs> where was that at? Uh, at a little hole in the wall club in, in, in Hollywood. Right. You know, it, it was really, really cool. It was a great surprise. Um, you know, but I have a lot of great memories. Um, and I'm yet making memories, you know what I mean? I'm yet making new ones, but you know, it's really a blessing to be able to look back on the path that I've had. Right. I, I, I definitely understand that grace looks different to, to, to different people, you know, but what I have experienced is definitely a result of God's grace. Right. You know, so absolutely. What What's your approach now when you're, you're writing? Is your process any different? You know, so much time has changed, and so no, 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 it's still the no, same. Not at all. Still the same way. Not at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the only thing that's really changed is, I think the only thing that's really changed is um, the sounds that you use. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> the sounds that you use to create. Maybe those sounds have been modernize um maybe the structure is a little bit more simplistic yeah songs are generally shorter now too yeah they're they're they're, they're a lot shorter you know by by a, by a minute or so right you yeah. know what i'm saying but, but then um, again you guys songs were a lot shorter than the 12 inch versions of all the songs <laughs> that was out before true. that true but, but you know everything yeah but, yeah but you know what's even crazier like because right now in 2020, anything goes. Like any anything. sound could pop off. Right. I anything agree. goes. It's it's literally any any sound could pop off. But it's just it was just fun, man. Like it didn't happen, man. But it's like, like, like Michael Jackson was a fan of I wish. I was I was supposed to get in him, but we just ne- we never got in. But I got um I was inquired about I guess for the Invincible album. Um I yeah. yeah, he loved that. He loved that wish. <laughs> no, seriously. Right. Um, no, I can believe it. I can. Call knows, like you know what I'm saying. So, um, 
and then um Luther Vangelis, like I actually, me and Luther, we sat down, we we chopped it up. We were supposed to get in. Um, uh, I think Ron Gilliard that brought him through, but we didn't get in because he was torn, and then he got sick. So we never, you know, what I'm saying we never really got to um get in. But it's like I didn't. So many OGs love the record, man. From like Barry, yeah, White to you know, what I'm saying like just to have the OGs love the joint, man. You know something went right. You know what right, I mean? Right, absolutely. You talking about OG, OGs, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. like I never really got to chop it up with Prince. I think Carl did, but like every, but the OGs be paying attention to what you, you know what I'm saying, what you're doing and everything. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah, I definitely had, I had some interesting run-ins with Prince. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that they know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was definitely, um, he was definitely about anything that helped move the culture along. And, um, but you said you know, it run so he was in. really encouraging. Like there's more than one. Please tell us about one. Say it again. You said run ins, like there was more than yeah. one. Just tell us about one. You got to yeah. remember, Prince is a fan of music, though. So it um, wouldn't be above him to pop up in the, in the car. Yeah, yeah. He popped up in, sure. the most, like <laughs> in the most interesting places. I was doing. I was doing a private party um, at the at a building in New York that was once Club Life in the Village. Remember that? You remember Life in the Village? Vaguely, I do. Yeah. Yeah, and and he was literally in that little club at the end of the bar with dark shades on, just watching the whole set. <laughs> and afterwards, one of my homeboys said, hey, man, I want to introduce you to somebody. So I walked over. I walked over, and there's this little guy <laughs> putting his hand out, you know, like, but he ain't put it out like no, you know, he put it out like a brother. Like, but um, that was that. That's all, you know. It's a it, it's a blessing to to have those um, to have those those that 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 stamp of approval from you know individuals on that level. You know, um, my brother, my brother, you know the late great Joe Levert. You know Joe. Oh, um, of course. Joe really schooled me a lot and had a lot of conversations with me about just what to do and what not to do, how to handle the moment. You know, he used to talk to me a lot about that, how to handle the moment, you know, how to not let the moment get away from you. Mm -hmm. right. You know what I mean? How to get the most out of it and, and what have you. So I definitely count myself, you know, fortunate to have those hands on my career. Right. Hey, hey, Doc. Yes. Gerald, Gerald Levert is one of the best dudes I ever met in life. Wow. Really? No, wow. he was really, Carl can attest, he was really. Right. There's nothing about you, Doc. Never. Like, <laughs> no, but he was literally that type of dude. And he would he would chop it up with the young ones, you know what I'm saying? Like, at one time he just came through and um, he's like, City, what you doing? I said, I ain't doing nothing. He said, meet me at the Lama Tides. So I go and meet him at the Lama Tides. We get there, I'm there with him and Joe, security. I jump in the car. We end up in Brentwood. I might have even told Carl this. We end up in Brentwood at some fancy house. I don't know what was going on. All I know is a half an hour later, I'm doing karaoke with him, Mike Tyson, Bill Maher, <laughs> Bill Clinton, brother, and some other actors. I, mean, I was like, what is going on right now? I'm not lying, yo. I'm like, yo. I'm like, Bill Clinton's brother. The, yeah, his, what was your karaoke the, song? I don't know what was going on because I probably was sipping something messing with Joe. That is hilarious. Uh, but I was like, yo, I'm doing karaoke with, with, and you know, some, some, um, some eye candy. I don't know what's happening right now. All I know is me and Mike Tyson over there in battle. I'm like, this is crazy right <laughs> that now. That is pretty real. <laughs> but, 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 but Carl knows Joe's that type of dude. You know what I'm saying? Like. He's that type of dude, like he and he just big on energy. He was that he was just really big on energy. Wow. So Carl and also he was the type of dude. He would come in town and come through. Um, so Carl, 
when what music do you have coming out now i know you have you're working on a project i think about your about your dog or about dogs is that correct <laughs> that's, yeah that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm taking actually, a life on, it's taking a life uh, of its own i'm actually i'm actually doing, <laughs> uh, doing a project that is uh all about the relationship between people and their pets you know? right so, so and, it's just a different perspective um it's actually um it's actually a component of what we do as artists that a lot of artists unfortunately tend to step over or miss you know what i mean because as artists we just as an artist you you only have the responsibility of being expressively entertaining outside of that you have no other responsibility mm-hmm. <laughs> right you know what i'm saying so i just want to <clears throat> be able to expand and and explore all of the avenues of what it means to be able to do this you know um it's it's really cool when you see your favorite soul music artist on soul train or to see that same so that same artist that you saw on soul train kicking it with the kids on sesame street right you know what i'm saying it, that that's how you know that you definitely had that vision you know to expand what you're doing or or to expand what god has blessed you with that gift you've been blessed with right who so, are you guys um who i'm sorry this is the last question i promise this, who are you guys um engaging like who's who's quarantine party have you visited have you gone to <laughs> have you gone to tory lane's quarantine radio have you gone to club quarantine with d nice have you oh yeah like, definitely well you know uh, d nice the homie yeah d nice that's the homie right there tory lane's is a wild boy <laughs> you know <laughs> um, I definitely, yeah, he's a wild boy. I definitely, I, I, I enjoy watching him have fun. You know what I'm I think I fell in there. I think I fell in there a, a little bit. Um, I was with D Nice probably since the second day, though. Me too. And it's Me cra- too. It's it's crazy. I saw D. And this is this is how how is how crazy it is. And when you when it's natural, I saw D Nice go from two hundred thousand followers to two million, like in within a week. It was. It was in two days. It was in two days. Because he was actually trying to play music for people. Yes. Crazy, right? Yes. Because day two, it was only twelve hundred of us in there, and day one, it was only one hundred and forty-eight. Yeah. Yeah, I missed the first one. I got there the second day, I think. I got there the second day as well. My homegirl told me about it. She was like, "Yo, Derek's spinning," and I was like, "On IG." (laughs) (laughs) but but look look how his whoo that's a blessing when 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 quarantine is over look how his price then jumped up oh my goodness right right. oh my god (laughs) so so speaking of that carl is going to be performing some of uh his his, the songs that weren't singles correct carl yeah Um, yeah tomorrow night i'm just concentrating on the beat side Right, you know what I mean. Just the B side, those records that that um, you know, you listen to. You know, I, I like to say, you know, while you're in action, shall we say? Right. You know what I'm saying. And when can so. we expect? When can we expect if new music? Do you have a timeline, or you just kind um, of I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna release a single this summer, quarantine or not? I don't care. Right. You know what I'm saying. I'm still putting it out there. Uh, along with a video, along with a video, um, I'm going back and forth right now with my team. You know, trying to make a definitive decision on what that song is going to be, but but it's definitely going to be something that uh, that I consider to be, you know, the correct statement. Shall we say it? So when you look at it, you'd be like, okay, right. CT made the correct statement. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Man, so cool. I appreciate you coming through with the AM Caffeine show. Um, we've been trying to make this happen. So actually, this corona thing kind of helped <laughs> bring this together because I know you're not on the West yeah. Coast that much, but uh, we really appreciate this and definitely congratulations on this milestone of, of 20 years of this iconic album. So dope. Hey, and, man. Um, 
Doc, I appreciate you for having me on, bro. For real. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Smooth, smooth D, I appreciate you, man. Marlo, it was good to see you again, sweetie. You know what I'm saying? Mike City, you years. know how we do. Yep. You know? <laughs> 20 joints. But I joints. appreciate everybody. And um, once again, you know, uh, join me at Carl Thomas now on Instagram tomorrow night uh, at, you know, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we're going to have a real good time. Um, you know, uh, I want it to be an evening event for everybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Appreciate you know, it. Um, Go ahead, Marlo, before we wrap it up. Um, what's your, you said your Instagram is at Carl Thomas now? Carl Thomas now, yeah. And what's right. yours, Mike City? Mike City. <laughs> 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 Yo, here's just crazy. So you know, I'm new to all this other stuff. Somebody didn't, somebody didn't, somebody didn't. Jack, some young kid and my name on the TikTok thing. I was like, disrespect, oh. man. Come on, man. Man, thank both of you guys for hanging disrespect. out with the AM Caffeine Show, City. You already know it's family car. We will talk. Yes, sir. AM Caffeine thank Show. You, Doc. Much com. You guys enjoy your day. We out. Thanks. All Peace. right, bro. One. Peace. Peace.